I'm Tony Val, and this is Hoosier Hometown Heroes. Hello, everybody, and indeed, welcome to another edition of Hoosier Hometown Heroes. We're glad to have you with us. I am very pleased to have as my guest, Jeff Boucher. Jeff is the Director of Talent Services with Titus Talent Strategies. Jeff, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon to you, sir. Uh, I, you know, Jeff, I wanted to start out by making the point. Before we, before we dig down and get into business, you, I want to get this on the record, you are the first repeat guest on Who's Your Hometown Heroes. Excellent. Pause for applause. Oh, no? Okay. Well, thank you. It's I, uh, it's great to be on again. <laughs> it's great to have you on again. I, you know, if I were a betting person, I like you and everything. Don't get me wrong. But looking at for some reason, I don't even know why. Maybe we could get into this, but I never would have bet that you would be the first repeat guest. That sounds so horrible, and I don't mean it to be horrible. No, no, Vegas odds were not on me at all. You know what I think it is is it's probably that out of several of my guests out of all of my guests, maybe I felt like you were coming on the show to do me a favor <laughs> more than other people. So maybe I never imagined that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to twist your arm and have you on twice, but now here I've done it. Well, it, it's certainly mutually beneficial. I would assume uh, I love being on. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. Uh, anyway. I want to be your first like five time guest. That's my goal. Well, you know, stick around, right? That's your, you're in first place. You're on the right trajectory for sure. Uh, this is the, uh, today is May 1st. Of course, people uh, will not be listening to this on May 1st likely, but uh, at any rate, it's the month of May, Jeff. I know you were from uh, originally really Michigan, right? Correct. So before we kind of really dive into what is Titus, um, let me just ask you, so have you gotten into the month of May here in Indy? This is what, your third summer now or this, this will be my third may yeah no that's not true we arrived in second. june this will be this will oh, be my second your second uno de mayo okay and i'm trying to gauge how much i need to um really intervene on your behalf and drag you to the track if you haven't yet had much of an experience so have you gotten down there uh, uh in the previous may I have not. I've never been. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I played the Brickyard golf course the first summer I was here, and that's as close to the track as I've been. <laughs> okay. I, I would argue that that's not very close to the, the real experience, but it is within the confines of the track, and that's a good start. I think they so were he, doing motorcycle races that day, so I got to see really? fast And probably here. I'm sure they oh, made Absolutely. Yeah. So, first of all, I need to take you to pole day. That's what we should do. Pole day is a fabulous introduction. It will get you, I, I think it will really pique your interest. And uh, that is, so you've never seen the cars run at the no, track? absolutely not. Okay. No. Although I, I, I read somewhere that next year is the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500. So shouldn't I just wait until next year? That'll. I'm sure there's a big blowout planned. Oh, I'm sure there is, but here's why you shouldn't do that. Okay. Okay, because that's, Sell me. that's too cliche. That's too Fairweather mm, fan. That's true. Go to the 99th, 
get some experience under your belt. Then when you go to the hundredth, you will not be lumped into the group of, you know, fair weather. Fans. It'll be old hat for me at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Well, we had, uh, I have some family coming in Memorial day weekend to do some work on the, um, some work on our house and they want to go down to the track and take a, take a peek at it. So the working plan is at some point we're going to head down there and take a peek at it. So, so let me ask you this then. Yeah. So it would be my first experience with the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. And when you go this year, what number is that for you? I think this, I think I, I need to do the math and maybe don't ask me to do it here on air. Uh, it, it's either my 29th or 30th. So my family started going in, um, this will mean nothing to you. Danny Sullivan spin and win. That was 1985. I assume he won and then spun his car in circles. He did the reverse. He spun and then ended up winning the race. He did a complete uh, 360. He lost control, ended up doing a complete 360, but did not crash and later won, won the, the race. race. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. I yeah, do yeah. that most winters. Yeah. So that was 85. My uh, dad and my brother um, were at that race. So 86 was the first race that I attended, and I've attended every race since then. That's pretty um, amazing. Yeah. Do you have a plaque at the Speedway, or is it the the Tony Val ben, bench seating? <laughs> no, no, not so much. No, I'm just I'm just one of the five hundred thousand you know <laughs> jamokes there to uh, get sunburned and and uh, enjoy the day. So at any rate, so I'm going to press you on that. Right. We've got to get you to Fair the track. Um, I, I definitely the reason I asked you here today is. We've, um, you know, I've learned more and more as, as you and I run into each other um, around town, kind of at different business events. I feel like I've, I've heard you describe what you do, and I feel like I'm, I get it kind of um, in, it's almost like Lego pieces. I'll hear some interesting nugget at a breakfast. I'll hear you talking with someone else, and I'll say, oh, gee, uh, you know, Jeff, uh, I didn't know that that that's what Titus does. And then I'll, I'll be somewhere else and I'll maybe, even in a conversation with you, I'll get another nugget. I wanted to um, give you a chance to come on the show and kind of tell the whole story, partly because I'm kind of curious for myself. Um, first, I noticed, I, I looked you up on LinkedIn before we uh, started uh, today and you used to list a talent thief I think somewhere in your title, which I, I, I used did. to love. I so did. You took that away? Uh, just recently, you know, I, I don't want it to get too stale. I'm, I'm assuming it will come back out there eventually. I, in fact, I stole that from another fellow that I worked with. So <laughs> How fitting. Right. Oh, exactly. Um, but um, we, we, we have um, created a new company, and so I took that off for our brand launch mm -hmm. and uh, I expect it will be back in there soon because I think it's a very unique way to describe what it is that I do. It's very thought provoking. It, it's one of those uh, additions to a LinkedIn profile where people might actually be inclined to follow up with you on that. What do you mean by that? Um, I'm in the, I'm in the business of robbing companies. Yes. 
I love it. I've heard you say that to people before. Of their, of their best asset. Yes. So let's dive in. So um, on the surface, you are a recruiting firm, right? Absolutely. Okay. So that's, but of course, as I said, and, and one of the reasons I asked you on, you know, I've really, I've gotten the idea over time that um, Titus Talent Strategies really goes about this uh, in, in a bit of a different way. And uh, so, but, but for starters, so you're, you're recruiting talent. Absolutely. So, so companies hire you because they have uh, positions to fill. They maybe are, are not happy with their track record. What size of companies do you typically work with? Sure. So our, our sweet spot is going to be in the, I would say 500 million or less in terms of revenue. We would consider that kind of the mid market space. Uh, the reason being, most often in that sized company, uh, they don't have large, robust talent acquisition departments. Um, oftentimes, the recruiting function falls onto the HR person, hmm. along with you know, a couple of dozen other very important responsibilities. And more often than not, recruiting gets kind of pushed to the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know, traditionally, hiring um, has been very reactive with companies. Um, uh, when there's a need, that's when you push into the recruiting mode and either you do it on your own or you outsource it to a third party recruiting firm, which is what Titus is. Um, We're challenging companies to think a little bit differently um, and that it should be a proactive function of your business uh, Mm -hmm. because the human capital that you employ um, really is the biggest asset of any company. so we, we talk to companies about, you know, building a pipeline of talent and kind of always having talent at the ready so that when a critical opening comes up in your organization, you're ready to fill it immediately. You know, that almost, that reminds me of maybe uh, how an NFL team might operate, for example. Um, you know, they, they have scouts and, and they have, I'm sure, a wish list. Um, probably year after year after year. So you're, you're advising your clients to act kind of in a similar fashion. Sure. Sure. We, um, we, we consult them, um, to just think a little bit differently about recruiting and, and have it be, uh, in the forefront, not in the background. Mm -hmm. I will tell you for sure, just in my own experience as a business owner and, you know, around my business owner friends, I think it's extremely common to act for us to act in a reactionary way. You know, that, that's sure. just what we do because um, there are so many other fires to put out. If, if we're happy with our staff, if we have no openings, well, let's, let's spend our energy on, you know, the next fire. Let's not be proactive, Jeff, and plan, plan ahead. Sure, sure. <clears throat> and, and why I was drawn to Titus it, it, more specifically is the model in which they go about talking um, with their clients and engaging in that conversation. Yes. Um, so let, yeah, let's definitely yeah. talk about how Titus is different and let's see if, um, um, let, let's see if I've learned over time again, as I've sort of listened into on, onto some of your conversations, um, if I've learned how you are different. So I put the Legos together, the, Tony. W- one thing for me that really has stuck in my mind and I can't believe I didn't think of this myself as, you know, as a business owner. <laughs> I heard you talking once about how you go after passive candidates. Is that so? Is that a term you am I remembering that correctly? Absolutely. Passive candidates. So 
and I think what you were saying, and again, why didn't I ever think of this? But if you're really looking for cream of the crop people, they have jobs. They're in, they're valued by their current employer employers. That's true. You're not really. <laughs> If you want to find great people, it's not about putting an ad and all the people that have time to answer it and and time to come to nine interviews because they're out of work. That's probably not the people you're going toward. Correct. Correct. Um, the, the active candidate base, you know, if, if a human resources person uh, has an opening within their company, um, tradition states that you use the post and pray approach um, is what we call it at Titus. Um, You post a job and you pray that the right person finds your ad and applies and the stars align and it's good. And that does happen from time to time. I don't want to say that it's an an impossibility, Um, but it's rare and it's time consuming. Um, so we, uh, we go after the passive talent, you know, the, the individuals that woke up this morning, not needing a job, not looking for a job. Uh, but we take our clients, opportunity to the market in a very compelling manner um, and kind of create that interest for the individuals that are open to new opportunities, um, but that need uh, need to be sold a little bit on the opportunity, the company, you know, the entire picture. I like that term that I was literally sitting here thinking, you know, you're selling the job. It's a completely different approach from, you know, what I've always done. And again, I'm ashamed to say I wasn't more creative to ever think of a different way to do this. I mean, we just post a job opening and that's very different from selling a job. So you're reaching out to, to passive candidates and on the behalf of, of your client, you're, you're, you're selling the job, the position. We're selling a conversation Mm -hmm. um, with the hiring manager. Um, You know, we need to get these people initially excited about, um, the opportunity, the company, the culture, you know, these are what, uh, you know, newer uh, employees or potential employees, candidates want to hear about. It's less about compensation. And and although that plays a big role, it's more about the environment, um, the growth potential, the career path that they can get involved with. And that's where we can come in and sell them on that, Mm -hmm. um, sell the conversation, then turn it over to the company and let them sell the opportunity mm-hmm. to the candidate. You know, I could really see how, first of all, that would be a valuable service for any any business that's not in the business of, uh, you know, recruitment, let's say. Uh, but especially, you know, I'm thinking about, um, of course, here we're, we're an IT firm, an IT firm might be a good example, or an engineering firm. You know, let's take, uh, you know, we work with a lot of uh, engineering firms at my company, and um, they are not, Salespeople, you know, that's not the way it works. They're engineers. So this concept of selling a, 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 a position and, or selling a conversation about a position, I'm sure is uh, very needed. And let if, if I were hiring engineers, let's, let's say I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm trying to, trying to pluck guys that are just out of Rose Holman or something. I'm sure if I have, you working on by behalf or, you know, guys at Titus kind of selling the job for me, that's got to really set me apart from other engineering firms. Yes, it, it, it absolutely does. Um, a lot of the passive candidates are open to having discussions. They're open to hearing what we have to say. And 
more often than not, a search takes on a life of its own. Uh, we identify some people to talk to, we have conversations. If it's not a good fit for them for a variety of reasons, you know, human nature, uh, people are good, they're gonna say, you should reach out to so-and-so. And we kind of go through the rabbit holes and uh, eventually wind up with an A player candidate uh, for the opportunity. And mm-hmm. that's really um, what sets us apart. Let's talk about uh, compensation. Um, I- I'm sorry, not the not uh, r- cost is a better way to sure. put it. Not compensation, cost. Uh, from my perspective, that's another area where Titus seems to be very different from traditional recruiting firms. So, you guys do not bill like you know it's going to be a third of the first year's annual salary. Sure. That's not, so how do you guys charge for what you do? Absolutely. Um, so our model, which we've um, dubbed Recruitment Partnership Insourcing, RPI, um, we were a consulting firm before we ever started recruiting. So this model was born from consulting, not from staffing. And Tony, you're absolutely right. You know, the traditional model for fees in the recruiting world is anywhere between 20 and 30% of a candidate's first year salary, which, you know, if you're talking 80, 100,000, you know, that's some pretty serious money. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we decided to do is, is really to disrupt the recruiting space, we created an hourly model um, where we only bill for the hours that we actually work on a project. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hire very non-traditional Uh, salaried recruiters that are hunters by nature, and they will work on four projects at any given time, spending roughly 10 hours a week per project. Um, We are very transparent uh, in our model and and coming together with a client to show what we've done during that week. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that resulted in is approximately 75% savings from the traditional recruiting model. Hmm. That's a uh, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. And again, I I had not, I don't I I don't remember ever talking to a recruiting firm that works hourly, potentially saving. I mean, it feels to me, again, I'm I'm not in the business, so maybe this is a skewed perspective. I don't know, but even the thought of hiring a uh, let's, let's call it a headhunter, a recruiting firm you know, those fees are so daunting, you know, and as, and as a business owner, and I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, this is your business. It is so expensive to, to hire people. It's even more expensive to hire the wrong people. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, that's the sort of thing that keeps you up at night when you're, when you're trying to run your organization. Um, so one of the ways, if I can address yeah, that, sure. um, that we, that we, uh, really focus on, on, avoiding making bad hires um, is is truly becoming a partner with our client. Um, we are not incentivized to talk you in to making a hire so that we get paid. You know, mm-hmm. that traditional model from a contingent recruiting standpoint is, you know, we'll pay you that 20 to 30% once we make that hire. Yeah. Well, what that really does is incentivizes recruiters into really selling candidates right. and not putting the right people in front of the ah, client. Yeah. I get it. Sure. That's got to be very different. It's another Lego piece. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's all coming together. One day, once I to- fully understand all this, I'll, I'll come and work for you maybe. Oh, <laughs> we'd love it. But uh, actually, this is probably a perfect time to, to mention I actually work my day job. I work for Prometheus Consulting. And Hoosier Hometown Heroes is sponsored by Prometheus Consulting. This is a little advertising, Jeff. I like it. Pre-canned, you like it so far. Uh, This month of May is a particularly special one for Prometheus, as we've partnered with the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports team to support and manage all their technology infrastructure, both at their headquarters and at the track. Did I tell you about this? You did. Okay. So I'm expecting a backstage. All right. I've still got more. Don't stop me now. Uh, We are honored and humbled to play our own small part in supporting and competing in the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indy 500, uh, which you will experience this year. That's a a car race. Shut uh, while your own business might not operate at over 200 miles per hour, Prometheus would still be honored to play a computer support role on your team. Give us a call today at 317-733-2388 or find us online at Prometheus.com. And that's P like Peter, R-O-M like Mary, E-T-H-I-U-S.com. So I'm serious, Jeff. I really would um, love to get you to the track. I'm going to push for that because I'll be there several times. Uh, I, I, I always go for, um, pole day. That's so that's, that's the first day of qualifying. That's to figure out who starts who on, who starts in front. first place. Yeah. 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 It's but, fabulous. <laughs> it's a, it's a great time and it's a great introduction and it's nice to go also with, um, you know, someone that's experienced, you know, because guys like me, it's like, you know, we'll go and, and I can explain every little piece of it and tell you the history and, you know, how did it come to be this way? I should go with an old salty veteran like you for sure to my (laughs) first race. Show me where not to, you know, end up. Right. (laughs) There's uh, well, the only place not to end up is in the wall at Indy. That's, you know, and, um, but it is a great time. Um, and so getting back to you, you were, you're the, the, you're a second time guest and our previous episode and a thousand extra credit points for any listener who, who knows this. So, um, we, you were first on the show talking about transferring to Indianapolis from afar. Correct. And we talked about kind of how it's been. So, but I think that we recorded that show at least six months ago, right? All of that. Okay. So how's it going now? Fantastic. Uh, Every, you know, every month I I become more and more acclimated with Indy. It's a fantastic city. Um, I coming from a Grand Rapids, Michigan, it's very similar in culture and size. Mm. Um, A lot of amazing music events. My wife and I like to go to a lot of concerts. Yes. Um, There's, there's so much here to do. Um, Great cost of living. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. It's an yeah. ideal place. I didn't remember that you came from Grand Rapids. That's right. Um, Yesterdog. Does that mean anything to you? It does. It yeah, makes I my figured. stomach growl. <laughs> yes, I've been to Yesterdog in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I think one time in my life, and that's all it took. And just every once in a while, I dream about it. I simply must You get let back. me know. Well, they don't travel very well. Otherwise, I'd bring some back for you next time I head up there. Yes. But there's nothing worse than a soggy hot dog. <laughs> I'll agree. Having ridden in a car for four hours yeah, back. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. 
when I go back up uh, home to Chicago, where I'm mm. uh, normally from, I I always stop at Portillo's. Have you been to Portillo's? Yes, one of my favorites. Ah, I call it Portillo's, but that's for, <laughs> that's that's a story for a different day. Do they? Do you? Have you been there? Set like, is there a certain one that you go to, or you've just kind yes. of been around? Uh, my in-laws are in the Lombard area, and there's ah. one. I think it's either called Lombard or Oak Brook, kind of right yep. there. And yeah. we go there. Do they? Uh, do you notice? This is the funniest thing. The the one that I normally hit is like somewhere up um, near Chicago, but not not quite there yet. We're still in Indiana. It's like. Um, Maryville. Maryville. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. that's the one. And so you'll, you know, drive through because I'm too lazy to even get out of my car and walk, you know, walk inside. And they have the weirdest drive through system. It's a person writing an order on a bag and then another, per, you know, and there's another person collecting the money. They are communicating over, you know, walkie talkies or whatever. So something is happening in a technologically advanced fashion, but it always strikes, I always think to myself, they can't possibly get my order right through all this, and it always works. And they do. Yeah. It's it's efficiency by chaos. Yes. There, there must be a system there, because every time I pull up to the drive-through, because I'm too lazy to get out, Yeah. Uh, you know, there's two lines of 20 cars a piece merging into one lane. Right. And I think I'm going to be here for an hour and I'm never there for longer than 10 minutes. Yes. I, they just, they just push people through there. Yes. Yes. So, so speaking of restaurants, I wanted to make sure to ask you, I, and this is something, uh, as we continue with Hoosier hometown heroes and I have sort of business personalities, uh, on the show, I've decided I need to ask everyone, okay, what's your favorite breakfast, uh, location? For meetings, let it rip. You let, have to have something. Let it rip. Yeah. Uh, so, I have been known to go to Paradise Cafe with great frequency. Oh, that's breakfast meetings. Yes, business meetings. Yes. Oh, it's it's literally almost my least favorite. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> so shop at Paradise Cafe. <laughs> Sponsoring? No, I'm kidding. Um, why Why do you say that? Well, I find it to be so vast. So big, it feels like I'm at a, uh, you know, a. It feels like I'm at the train terminal in, you know, downtown Chicago. It's just this big bustling, huge lines fighting. I, I just kind of hate it. Um, yeah. So, but there's never any lack of seats. What I hate is when I go to a business meeting at yes. a, at a Starbucks or you yes. know, I'm I'm a big fan of staying local. Uh, yeah. And I just, you know, I I know Paradise Cafe is not, but. Um, I hate going into a small coffee shop and then you're meeting someone there and there's no open tables and yes. you're doing the awkward, like, should we go somewhere else? Yeah. And so there's ample seating. There's always a place to sit. Have I ever taken you to uh, Just Judy's on Benford? <laughs> yes, you have. I have? Okay. Okay, good. I'm Doesn't glad. get more local than that. Oh, that place is fabulous. I'm almost, uh, I, I, I would consider even editing it out of the podcast because I don't want anyone else to find out about it. But yes, I love that place and local. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Very, very, very local. Um, well, that's good to know. So life is good. You're, you're feeling more and more acclimated. I know from a, just kind of a networking perspective, you know, I feel like in general, you're, you know, 
your name comes up all the time. It's kind of fun. I'm very famous. And I remember, uh, well, when you first came town, yeah. you know, so that's kind of a fun little, was I, I was, surely I wasn't your, I wasn't your first meeting when you. Absolute first. I was just literally Absolute. your first yes. meeting. We, we, we met online. <laughs> this is going weird, but no, we met on LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn's not that weird. Right. <laughs> I was asking, you know, Hey, you know, what, what networking opportunities are out there and what side of town should I get an apartment on? And you responded and said, surely I didn't, did I even seriously respond about where should you get an apartment? I don't know if it was that one. I think it was more on the networking opportunities yeah. one. Yeah. Maybe you, I, I guess maybe you did ask something about, you know, like broad ripple or something. I, did. I don't know. That's okay, where we ended so, up. Oh, okay. So maybe I did respond to that. Yeah. That was a day, uh, when, um, I was trying to be like our friend, Andy Heavlin and and really just squeeze the most networking juice out of my time possible. Stack and them up. Stack them up. Stack them up and knock them down. Of course, Andy, if I were really like Andy, I would have um, invited a second person to our Smart. meeting. <laughs> but I hadn't learned that from Andy yet. He's, he's varsity. He is totally varsity. Um, but yeah, I, I had a few, like four uh, Starbucks meetings in a row. So you were jacked up. I was, <laughs> I probably only drank one coffee oh. or maybe two through, through the whole thing. But, um, I, I do remember my first, it, it was, it was a horrible day. Like, you know, you're, you're networking with people and sometimes you just know within three or four minutes, oh, you know, I don't care what this person <laughs> does. I don't like the person very much, you know, so what's the point? And I just had a few a few of those and then uh yeah you and i met and who knows probably probably uh played around a golf within the the next month of course had you even moved here yet or were yes you, okay i, I had moved, moved. Yeah. i think i was in town for about a week and a half got it yeah that's pretty and then we did play golf later on that probably summer. yeah see i think you invited me to an outing up in fishers at a country club i'm sure i did yeah maybe it wasn't the melby invitational was it no, that was at Golf Club of Indiana. Oh, so you went to that too? I also played in that. <laughs> I'm in it for the golf, folks. Oh, shout out to Chris Melby. Chris is uh, Chris Melby uh, is in corporate sales with the Pacers. That's right. And um, I'm not even sure they do the Melby Invitational anymore. Um, I just boy, assumed I played so do. poorly. You didn't invite me back last year. I <laughs> know. Oh, I think last year we played. No, it's what happens is I, I have a four-year-old, so, you know, that the golf diminishes for sure. But um, do, you, do you think, uh, do you do a lot of um, networking on a golf course? I, I feel for myself like that's a, a dying art. I, th I think uh, we're not unlike um, Jedis. I think it's an old Jedi skill that is, you just don't see. It's old school. Much. Yeah. It's old school. Um, I'd like to revive it. Um, because I enjoy playing golf and I think that you can learn a lot about a person, a potential business contact or a potential strategic partner mm -hmm. on a golf course. The problem with it is everyone we're trying to cram, you know, 12 hours into an eight hour, nine hour day and right. golf takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so there should be, here's a million dollar idea, uh, like a three hole golf course. Or just like you can buy just like three holes. You spend an hour, four, hmm. four holes. A three hole golf course. Right, right. They have the executive courses, which are just like nine par threes, but 
just put like a par three, a par four, and a par five. Yeah. I'll have like four of those on any given site yeah. and people can just play it. That is the whole problem, I think, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, who's got half a day to burn? You know, I will say. Me, do you want to go golfing later? <laughs> yeah, I do, but yeah. I'm my bum knee, unfortunately. I, you know, I, ha- I can remember um, there was a, <clears throat> a not-for-profit executive that we were trying to befriend uh, uh, my partner in Denver Abernathy and I, and just kind of going nowhere. Just the guy had no time for us. Lo and behold, Denver and I are at a, uh, we're at a, uh, uh, bachelor party in Las Vegas. This guy's in the bachelor party. Now, what was the party? It was, it was around golf in some, um, you know, it was a beautiful course. Coyote Gulch, I think is what it was Oof. called. It was fabulous. But this guy gets paired up with us. Didn't have the time of day, you know, for us for years. And we played uh, 18 holes with him. He was our, our best friend uh, after that. That's yeah. awesome. Hired us. And then, you know, wanted to keep, let's keep golfing, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so there is a magic, there's a, a mystique to golf and it, it really does work, but it's a, it's a big investment. You it know? is, it is yeah. time. Yeah. We just, we talked earlier about Andy Havelin and you know, that technique of kind of stacking up meetings and inviting multiples to a, to a coffee, you know, that's kind of going the other direction. It's let's be as efficient as possible. Sure. So it's a shotgun approach, a yeah. number, you know, sales being a numbers game, you know, how, how how many numbers can I get versus, you know, the, the golf sales is like sniper. Like, let me get this number one <laughs> sales prospect alone for, sure. for four hours. Yes. <laughs> they have to like me. They have to buy. It is. Yeah. There is, there is a magic to it. It's, it's something else. Uh, well, yeah, we, we, uh, we really should get on a, on a golf course, uh, uh, one of these days. So I got to get my knee fixed up. Hey, I know, ne- you know, I really should mention again, um, Jeff Boucher is my guest. <laughs> uh, Jeff is with Titus Talent Strategies. And I never did mention the website, Jeff. TitusTalent.com is the website. Yes. There's an amazing video on there. If you have 103 seconds, it's well worth the watch. I've seen that video. Yes. yes in preparation for the show. It's very good. And uh, I, I really would say to um, to any listeners, you know, Jeff is, uh, you're an imminently approachable guy. So you're not, you're just, uh, I I like what you said earlier about consultative sale because I just kind of in my everyday interactions with you, I think that's just generally how you operate. So I would say to anyone out there, if you're, if you're having, um, problems acquiring and retaining, uh, great talent, you know, talk to Jeff. That's, that's, uh, I, th- I think that's going to pay dividends. Absolutely. So I appreciate at any the, rate, the congrats on being the second, uh, or the, the first repeat guest on who's your hometown heroes. Love it. We're going to work on that. Um, that five mark that you set for yourself earlier. I'll just come back next week. We'll just start showing <laughs> I'd put up. you on if you yeah. did that. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you out there for listening. I also uh, was, so I, I do want to thank uh, Jeff Boucher, of course, my guest, and also our 
uh, sponsor, Prometheus Consulting. Again, uh, we're very excited this month to be um, kind of fulfilling a, a lifelong dream and um, and working with one of the big race teams. So we're going to be cheering for uh, Hinchcliffe and um, and the other guys, and and we're just kind of proud and humbled to be. Um, supporting their technology no we're not going to be turning wrenches and uh, changing oil and all that stuff but in our own little way we really feel like we're uh, hopefully affecting the bottom line so uh thanks again to prometheus thank you for listening thank you jeff for coming on the show thank we you. will see you next time and the moon on high.